Hello, everyone. We're excited to bring you the REDW Insight in Indian Country podcast. The podcast is focused on tribal leadership and discussing various business and accounting topics. Each episode will feature industry experts. Episode one will discuss bond investments and the outlook for 2021. I hope you guys enjoy the episode and don't forget to subscribe. That way you get notifications on future episodes. Thank you. Welcome to the Inside in Indian Country podcast, your premier source of accounting and business discussions affecting Indian Country. Presented by REDW. Well, hello, and thank you for joining us for uh, this wonderful podcast uh, today. My name is Rob Elsholtz. I'm Senior Investment Manager here at REDW Wealth. And joining me today is our Chief Investment Officer, uh, Mr. Daniel Yu. Um, we're going to be talking about a subject that we we get asked a lot of questions on from a lot of our, our tribal clients, and it's regarding um, bonds. And when receiving restricted funds, you know, we you know we get questions on, well, I, it says I need to, I can put it into a bond. Well, what's a bond? So, um, Danny, let's, let's start with that question. Um, what is a bond? Great. Thanks. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sure everyone is kind of familiar with a loan, like a car loan or a mortgage. The bond is very much the same thing, but you, instead of you paying money um, like you would when you have a loan or a mortgage, you're now on the receiving end. So when you go to a bank and you get a loan, you're paying them back uh, the money that they've loaned you at some kind of interest rate uh, over some kind of time frame. Well, when you own a bond, you're the owner of that loan um, because you're just the other side of it. So that basically, that's the, the first step of understanding what a bond is. Also, in, in, our, in our world of investing, uh, the term bond and fixed income uh, are used interchangeably. So you might hear that term. When people say fixed income, they mean a bond. All right, and great. So, it's, so it's kind of like like a bond or fixed income. It's kind of like an IOU, where you don't owe people money; they owe you money. Sounds like sounds like that's a good way to kind of describe it. So, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Now, an, another question we get is when, when we're looking at these statements. We get the statements from whoever's holding their invest. You know, the, whoever's holding the investment account, and they say, okay, there's a U.S. Treasury that's paying five percent. And they've got another U.S. Treasury that says it has an interest rate of 5%. But they look at the interest on it and they're like, well, wait a minute. Why is each one different? And Am I really getting 5% on that? And how, can, you, can we expand on that a little bit of how that would really work? Sure. So every bond is going to come with some uh, common characteristics. Uh, the first is going to be a, its term. When does it mature? Um, so... Uh, you might have a bond that's going to mature in 2021 and another one that's going to mature in 2025. Um, a common uh, item to all bonds is the date it was issued, sometimes called or often called as dated date. And that was when it was issued. And so people talk about, oh, yeah, I, I have these bonds from the 80s and they're paying 7%. That means they were issued back in the 80s. They might be, you know, 30-year bonds. Of course, now 2020, they would have uh, matured by now, but uh, and and so what happens is the bond um, uh, you are paid a known interest rate, and that's the that's the other common term is the interest rate that you're paid, and it might be five percent, six percent, one percent. The thing is, when new bonds are being issued, they are being issued at rates that are competitive at the time of issuance. 
So a bond that was issued in 2015, that's a 10-year bond, so it's going to mature in 2025, uh, is going to have a different interest rate than a five-year bond that was issued in 2020. And But they're both going to mature in the same year, 2025, but they have different terms. They have different interest rates because they were issued at different times based on the supply and demand at the time of issuance. But of course, because you, the bond buyer, are going to have, uh, maybe you just, you're just looking for a cash flow till 2025 in this example, uh, you're going to pay a different price for each bond so that the final piece, which is the maturity, what you get back, so the total set of cash flows of interest and final payback um, is going to be equal to you regardless of whether you're buying the bond that was issued in 2015 or the bond that was issued in 2020. Because you're not going to, you know, why would you pay more to receive essentially the same thing? You're going to equalize your price out. So that's what happens is that, um, and we, and we, we, that all gets distilled down into a common term called yield to maturity. And that's why most bonds are going to have a similar yield to maturity if they have a similar maturity time frame. The other piece um, that, that is going to affect that is what we call the credit quality, which is so uh, U.S. Treasuries are considered very safe, whereas some, you know, the Toys R Us bonds a couple of years back were not considered so safe because everyone was concerned if Toys R Us was going to go out of business. And that is, so that's the other risk. They call that credit risk. Perfect. Perfect. Thanks, Daniel. And th- those are, those are some of the, you know, common questions we get, we get around bonds, you know, what, what they are, how to, you know, how am I really getting paid, you know, when it comes down to, or, or how's that, how's that calculated and, and what goes into that? Um, uh, you know, something else here kind of looking at is, is our outlook. And I was, I was hoping you could talk about our outlook um, going forward for this year in the credit markets and for fixed income and interest rates. Sure, sure. So um, one of the, there's a, there's a common thing when you, when you look out there called the yield curve. And what that just means is if you're going to take, if you're going to loan your money for a longer amount of time, you're going to want to be paid a higher interest rate because your money is out there, someone else is using it. So you can think of interest as the cost of renting money. You have a bond that uh, is going to mature in 20 years. That means the person borrowing from you has 20 years to pay you back. And then you have maybe a bond that uh, will be paid back in 10 years. That means the person borrowing from you is has 10 years to pay you back. Well, the guy that you're loaning money to for 20 years, you're going to want some more interest out of that uh, that person because that's a longer time frame for them to not pay back by going bankrupt or something. And so generally, the longer the term to maturity for how, how, however long you're loaning this money out to, um, you're going the higher the yield to maturity as well. You're going to want to be paid a little more. Um, so then uh, you can graph that over time and and you get what's called the yield curve. Um, and that and and that so that's a common thing out there. Now, for a number of years, the yield curve has been what we call very flat, meaning the difference in 
in yield to maturity from say a five year to a 10 year was not very much. You were not being paid much more when you were loaning your money out longer. And again, that had to do with the supply and demand at the time. What we think is that the yield curve is going to become more normal. It's going to what we call steepen, which means and which means that uh, the short end of the yield curve is going to be pretty low. And as you go out in time, you're going to be paid more. Uh, um, and may, maybe not a straight line, it probably will curve. But but that's our general expectation. That has to do with our view uh, of the communications we're hearing from the Federal Reserve that they intend to keep interest rates low for the foreseeable future. Um, and, and because of that, then we would expect people um, with that expectation to demand that um, they're going to be paid more if they're going to loan their money out for a longer length of time. Okay, terrific. Thank you. And, you know, we, we hear a lot now, too, about uh, inflation. So how does inflation kind of come into all this? Right. So inflation is a stealthy way where you don't, um, your, your money doesn't buy as much as it used to. So um, we all hear those things of, you know, back in the 1950s, something cost a quarter. Uh, that same something, uh, a gallon of gas, you know, it now costs almost $2. That is the effect of inflation. And, and, and um, what we tend to see then with uh, inflation is that if we expect inflation to be, say, 2% um, in the near term, that means that your $100 today is only going to buy you $98 of uh, buying power a year from now. Uh, the cost will, will rise. So our expectation is that uh, the Federal Reserve, again, has noted that they are trying to target an average of 2%. Well, in recent years, inflation has been below 2%. So that would mean that even if inflation um, uh, accelerates or goes above 2%, the Federal Reserve will not be acting to deal with it um, for a little bit, uh, depending upon how much it, it increases. And just remember, you know, one way to think of inflation is too many, too many dollars chasing too few goods, and that we see that with the price rising. And so uh, because the Federal Reserve has been kind of flooding the marketplace with money, um, if that money gets into motion and there's not enough goods and services to absorb that extra money that's been pumped into the system, then it should show up in inflation or rising prices. What that means for you is your interest isn't going to go up with it. Your interest is generally fixed. And so you have to be careful of how long you're loaning your money out and making sure you're being paid for the inflation risk that's also out there. Hence, again, we expect to kind of see the uh, yield curve to uh, steepen. That means the longer you loan your money out, you're going to want to be paid more. Part of it is to make sure you're not eat, being eaten up by inflation. Great. Thank you so much. And and we wanted to keep this brief today. So as all the listeners on on this uh, podcast, as we as you go back and you're looking at your investment statements, you're meeting with your investment committees and you're meeting with your um, advisors or trustees or 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 your brokers that are helping you out on your on your uh, on your investments. Um, you know, some things to kind of think about is is looking at 
looking at some of the things we talked about, looking at, okay, when, when is my, one of these bonds that I have here maturing and what's, what's the credit, what's that risk going to look like? And what's the, what's that inflationary risk going to be, or what's that interest rate risk of reinvesting in the future with the thought that maybe rates at some point will go up um, and taking it, taking a look at that. So if you take a look at that and you want to have just an independent eye to look at that, we're here to help. So we would encourage you to contact RDW Wealth. Daniel, myself, or anyone on our team is happy to take a look at and give you just a just a look from the outside. And we're 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 really key on trying to just provide just very prudent, practical analysis for you. So we would encourage you to do that. Uh, reach out to us, and we are here to help. So thank you for taking your time today, and uh, look forward to working with you and speaking with you soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We hope this time has benefited you. For more information or to connect, please visit redw.com.